I want you to open up in your Bible in Acts chapter 1. And you would have also known that I said that the book of Acts is a transitional book. If you understand that the first books are in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they were books written under the Old Covenant. Under the Old Covenant they were written. Jesus came under the Old Covenant. And when he was walking with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, well, uh, not Luke, because Luke got his information, uh, you know, from all of the apostles. He says it in the first verses there. But Mark certainly wrote down what he heard from Peter. Peter told Mark and Mark just bent them down. But those were under the Old Covenant. And I showed you last week, yeah, that those books are a transition from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And Jesus himself sitting around the table and he said, Take it, this is my body broken for you. And this blood here is the new covenant, the new testament. And I showed you what Hebrews said that for a new testament to come into, into action or to, to become liable is for the testator to die. And we saw the cross of Christ that he died, the new testament came in and here we're sitting under the new testament the new covenant. Are you glad for that? I'm certainly glad for that. Because brothers and sisters, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. I haven't got Jewish blood in me. Look at my nose. No, that's not the only way you show that. But I am not a Jew and that was for that. Now, when we come into the book of Acts, it is a transitional book. And I'll show you the, the slide I've got for you. And I showed you how the transition is going to take take over how the transition is going to go from the theology, theo, Godology, God study, the theology coming away from the Gospels right under to where Paul is, where Paul spent time with Jesus himself. That is a mark of an apostle. Let me just say that. There, there are no apostles today. These people who claim that they are apostles so and so, they are self-proclaimed. An apostle had to see Jesus with his own eyes. And Paul did that. He saw Jesus. Now today I want to continue and I want to talk to you about a very important thing which may, which may change what you've heard, what you've been taught all your life in the Christian world. Now I'm going to read for you from Acts chapter 1 verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. You see, he had chosen them. To whom he also presented himself alive. Everybody say alive. alive. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, say amen. So amen. just shout hallelujah. Because he's alive, brothers and sisters, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Everybody say kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. You see, I've circled it, yeah? Because I'm going to talk about the kingdom of God today. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, 
For John truly baptized with water. Everybody say water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You see, it's a transitional book. It's a transitional book. And I'm gonna, you're going to hear me say that over the next few months so many times. You're going to say, I get it, Pastor John. It's a transitional book. But I need to keep on saying that so that you understand. He says, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Let me just thank the Lord. Father, I thank you for your, the public reading of your word today. And Father, I pray that your word will go out and return and accomplish everything that it's been purposed for, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you help me with my vocabulary, with my language, Father, with my mind. I pray for your anointing over the word. Your Bible, your words are already anointed. Use your vessel today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, we look at the last verses in the book of Acts. I showed this to you last week, you remember? You remember Matthew, Mark, Luke and John ends with the what word? Amen. Amen. Yes, and I, I, I was going to bring the interlinear Bible for you to see that because after last week's sermon, uh, I had a lot of you read out the word Amen at the end of the Bible, but there were some in the church who came to me and said, in my Bible there's not the word Amen there. And I went back, I knew, I checked it a long time uh, before, but I went back to the interlinear Bible. It's a big Bible, I'll bring it next Sunday, I was going to bring it today. But uh, that takes the English words directly from the Greek. Directly from the Greek. And uh, after each one of those books, the word Amen is there. Which means it stops there. But the book of Acts do not have an Amen at the end. Because we are still in the dispensation of grace. We are still in the church age. And I showed you when that age is going to stop. But here we find in the end of the book of Acts, Luke write down, he says, Therefore, let it be known uh, to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. And you should say, Amen. You should say, Hallelujah. Come on, church. It's come to the Gentiles. It's come to us. And they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great dispute amongst themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him. What a privilege. He was sitting in that house. They came to him. He received them and he preached to them the gospel. Preaching. Look at verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God. Everybody say kingdom of God. And teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Yes. I'm going to preach it. I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm just going to give you the word of the Lord. This is exactly the same that Paul did. He was preaching the kingdom of God and the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me take you to the timeline. You remember? I said last week that the Acts is a transitional book. It's from the Old Testament into the New Testament through the Gospels. We saw that transition taking place. Jesus died on the cross. There's a big red line here. A big red line which you need to understand in your Christian walk. There's another red line in the book of Acts which we may come to today. 
Okay, I'm just going to say, I'm going to continue on. I've got so much content. I will continue on to a point where I see I need to stop. But we may or may not come to the second red line here today, which is a pivotal point. A pivotal point in the book of Acts. You need to understand what happens when Stephen stands up and he preaches to the Jews. And then what happens then? You need to understand that. And from that point on, you will see that the transition goes from the Jews to the Gentiles. Brothers and sisters, dear friend, madam, sir, whatever you want to be called, if you understand this, I can tell you now that it will impact your Christian life, your walk. Because you see, when you talk about these things, there is so many different theologies in the world and doctrines which people are taught out of books, but not the book of life, the word of God. But we see here that it's a transition from Jews to Gentiles. It's a transition from Israel to the church. I also want to say here, I'm not one of those preachers who believe that the church has replaced Israel. That is fallacy. We haven't replaced the Jews. God has still got a plan with Israel. And you better believe it. We are grafted into Israel. That's not what it means there we will see how it turns from the Jews to the Gentiles. From Peter to Paul and from water to blood. From water to blood. And we will see through the study which I'm going to preach through from works to grace. Today I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Have you seen those two? Some people say they are the same. Some people get so confused about this. I've noticed over the years that I had a privilege to preach the word of God, that there are some people who take these two things, they make them one, and you get now what you call the kingdom now theology, that we are already living in the kingdom, and we need to take over the governments, and we need to take over the financial markets, and we need to restore the apostle, prophet, and priest, and all of these things. This is what people will say. And I will say to you today out of the word of God, you are more than welcome to disagree with that, but I'm just going to bring you the word of God. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you need to understand, you need to understand the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Are you ready for this? Somebody say, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Now, first of all, we're looking at the kingdom of God. If you've got a Bible software solution, you put in the kingdom of God and you put it into the King James Version, you will see that it's mentioned 70 times. The kingdom of God. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says for himself, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How many of you quoted that verse in your life? Have you? Yes. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons, this is Jesus, by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Have you quoted that verse? The kingdom of God. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, 24, and again I say to you, it is easier, listen to this one because you know it, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom 
of God. Now I know some people say the kingdom of God is heaven. You know, so you can't go through a camel through the eye of a needle. Now let me give you an understanding about that. I didn't plan for it, but I think you should just know how it works. Back in the day, these cities had big walls around them and they had a gate. At night time, they would close the gates for robbers, for thieves, for whatever. But there would be a small door on the side of the gate. That was called the eye. That was called the eye. So, travelers that would come by night with their camels. Have you seen how big is a camel? Have you seen that? So, travelers who would come by night and they come before the gates. They won't open, open the whole gates for them to come in. They had to go through that little door with the camel. Is that possible? So when Jesus spoke these words to them, that is what they had in mind. Not this little needle that you've got into, you've got to put in that string there. So when he said these words, they would say, it is impossible then for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. In other words, some people translate it, it is impossible for a rich man to go to heaven. But I would say to you, it's just because they don't understand the kingdom of God. In Matthew 21, 43, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to the nation bearing the fruits. Wow, that's an interesting one. The kingdom of God. Mark 1.14, I'm not going to read all the 70 verses, just calm down, okay? I'm just going to give you a few for now. Mark 1.14, now after John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching what? The gospel of what? The kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark 1.15 and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So this is all about the kingdom of God. But Jesus also mentioned the kingdom of heaven. If you put it into your software, you will see that 33 times he's mentioned the word kingdom of heaven. So kingdom of God, 70 times. Kingdom of heaven, 33 times. And in Matthew 3 verse 2 he says, saying... This is John the Baptist now. He was baptizing at the place called Betabara in the Jordan. And he was baptizing there. And all these Jews came to him. Who came to him? The Jews. And when they were standing there, they looked upon this man who looked like a prophet. What did he do? He said to those people, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's very confusing, isn't it? It's very confusing if you think this. Now they're talking about the kingdom of God and here is John the Baptist coming out and he talks about the kingdom of heaven. And he says to these Jews, not to the Gentiles, remember the books, John was written under the old covenant and it was written and they were talking to Jews. The Jews went out to be baptized and he says to them, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But wait a minute, is Jesus out to confuse us? Because it says here, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And now he preaches the, the repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is he confused? Jesus was never confused. 
never. So why is he useless? And this is where some people say it's the same thing. But it's not. It's not the same thing. So what is the difference then? Well, Jesus and John is the only ones that preach about the kingdom of heaven. You can go and look it in your Bible. You put it in your software. You read through your Bible. Take your Bible. Circle them all one by one. You will find that it's only John, the Baptist, and Jesus that uses the words kingdom of heaven when they talk about that. Jesus and the apostles preach about the kingdom of God. Now when you come into the book of Acts and you go into the letters of Paul, you hear about the kingdom of God, not about the kingdom of heaven. You're going to get excited, brothers and sisters. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will open this up to you. Because you will read your Bible with different eyes. It's not a new doctrine, by the way. I just want to say it to you. I'm not giving you something new here. It's always been there. The Lord reveals it to us. Now, no more is the kingdom of heaven mentioned after the Gospels, after the resurrection. It's only mentioned before the cross, the kingdom of heaven. Something happened. Paul preaches Jesus crucified and the kingdom of God. That is what he preaches. So, the kingdom of God is spiritual and the kingdom of heaven is a physical kingdom. You can write that down. You can take a photo. You can make a mental note. But as long as you understand these two concepts and go read your Bible, you will understand. He says here, uh, or, or I say to you that the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom and the kingdom of heaven is a physical kingdom. Now let's look at the definition of the kingdom of God. We find it in Romans chapter 4 verse 17. Paul writes this for us. Paul the apostle of, of God, of Jesus. You remember? Paul received his doctrine, his teaching from whom? From Jesus himself. He says it there in the book of Galatians. He says, when I, on the road of Damascus, when the Lord met me, I didn't go to see the apostles. Where did he go? Who can tell me? The desert of Arabia. How long? Three years. Who met him in the desert of Arabia? Jesus. This is why he said, that that I've received, I give unto you. Not that what the apostles gave me, I give unto you. No, no, the New Testament wasn't even written yet. So he had firsthand received what I'm giving you today from our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Let's look at the definition. Romans 14 verse 17. Now he writes, he says, Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God, everybody say kingdom of God. Remember, 70 times. Remember, Jesus and the apostles talks about the kingdom of God. Remember, repent to the gospel and the kingdom of God is at hand. He writes here, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. So what is the kingdom of God? He says it's not eating, it's not drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, for 
He who serves Christ in these things. In what things? He who serves Christ in these things. In what things? In righteousness, in peace, and in joy in the Holy Spirit. He who serves Christ in these things is what? Acceptable to God and approved by men. So your drinking and your eating is not making you acceptable to God. It is what? It is these things. Righteousness, peace and joy. And they are approved by God. And by the way, just by the way, I've put it in there. You can't do this on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? Power. power. Where's the Greeks? I love it. That word power there is what? Dunamis. It's dunamis power. I've got these two brothers' approval to say that. Okay? It is dunamis power. I've been preaching about it for how many weeks now? How many weeks? For a few weeks, months, I've been preaching about willpower versus God's power. Yes? You cannot do these things of God in willpower. You will not be able to do it. You need to operate in God's power. The only power that can sustain you is the power of God. I know it's a silly example I use, but you put me in front on a diet and put me in front of Black Forest cake, my willpower cake in. <laughs> You put yourself in front of sin and temptation and you will cave in. If you do not have the power of God. If you do not operate in the power of God. So this is why I said that you can't do this. You can't serve Christ in these things. Except you receive the power which comes through the Holy Spirit. Is this, is this making sense? I shouldn't even ask that. The Holy Spirit will open it up to you. But we're talking about the kingdom of God here. And I say to you that the kingdom of God is not physical, it is spiritual. Because Paul says it is not eating and drinking. What is eating and drinking? What is it? It's a physical act. It's something you do physically. But righteousness, peace and joy is what? Spiritual. It's not as if I say, Sue, can you please show me righteousness? Well, show me righteousness, will you? You can't do that. I mean, can you do that? Can, can you show me joy? And some people jump and they, they've got this plastic joy going on. No, no. You can't. This is spiritual. It's spiritual coming through. It talks about, you know, it's, it's taken out of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. You remember the fruit of the Spirit? And remember, it's not, uh, it's not uh, it's a plur a singular there. It's not plural. It's the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. There's our word joy. You see, joy, joy, peace, peace, peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. But somebody say, wait a minute, are we now lawless? No, we're not lawless. I told you last week, you need to go and find in your Bible where he talks about the law of faith. We're not under the law of the letter anymore. But he didn't take away the law of the letter. We are now under the law of faith. You find it in Romans chapter 3 verse 27. So the, spirit, the, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom.
In Luke chapter 17 verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, this is Jesus, when the kingdom of God would come. You remember they came to him, they said, when will the kingdom of God come? Very, very good question. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with what? Observation. In other words, it's not coming with a physical sign. It's not observation. He says the kingdom of God is coming, nor will they say, see here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is where? Wow. Let me just pause there for a minute. Where is the kingdom of God? I know for some it might sound very, very strange now. Wait a minute. Whoa, stop. Just stop your horses there. Are you telling me, are you telling me the kingdom of God is inside of me? Well, no, I'm not telling you that. In fact, Jesus is telling you that. And who am I to say anything else? I just showed you in the previous verses which Jesus gave to Paul. He says there, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is righteousness, peace and joy. It is a spiritual kingdom. And here Jesus said to them about the kingdom of God. Have you ever wondered why he didn't say the kingdom of heaven? Why did, if he wasn't confused, why didn't he say the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation? Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is going to come with observation. I'll show that to you. But the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters, he says now is within you. Now let me be perfectly clear. This is not what you find in many churches now uh, preaching the kingdom now theology. That's not that. What the kingdom now theology do is they combine these two. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And they say that has already come and now we need to get the bride ready for the coming of Christ. That's not what this teaches here. This is separate. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. You see, when Jesus came, the kingdom of God came with him and the kingdom of heaven came with him. But I'll show you something happened. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is in the hearts of men. It is a spiritual kingdom. And it has come. The kingdom of God has come. Let's continue on. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of men. How do you get the kingdom of God then? Now this will change the whole prospect for you around Nicodemus. How do you then get the kingdom of God if it's a spiritual kingdom? You remember Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3? You know this passage very well. Jesus answered and said to him, because he came to Jesus and he said, You must be from God because I saw all the signs you did. You must be a, a, a preacher from God. And Jesus said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Everybody say see. But well, wait a minute. I don't want to confuse you, but you need to understand what I'm saying here. He's telling Nicodemus, if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But I thought the kingdom of God is spiritual, isn't it? Didn't I say the kingdom of God you can't see? But here Jesus says something different. He says the kingdom of God, if you are not born again, you are not going to see that kingdom. 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Moses, surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Two words here. See and enter. See is a physical thing. Enter is a physical thing into a spiritual thing. Hold on to that. He says he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is what? It's a spiritual kingdom. Jesus was talking to him about a spiritual kingdom. He says, Nicodemus, but you must be born again to be able to see the spiritual kingdom. He says to Nicodemus, you must be born again before you can enter into this kingdom. I want to say to you today, sitting here listening to me, if you are not born again, you will not be seeing the kingdom of God today. And if you are not born again, you will not enter into this kingdom of God. You might be coming to church, you might be singing all the songs, you might have the best jacket on, you might be the friendliest guy in church, you might bring food, you might tie, you might throw money, you might do everything you want to do, but if you are not born again, brothers and sisters, I've got no good news for you. This is it, Nicodemus. I don't care how long you've gone to church. I don't care how many, you know, good work you are doing. But if you are not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. If you are not born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, here, I go back one verse. He says, he says to them, when they ask about this kingdom of God, He says, it's not going to come by observation. It is within you. In other words, Nicodemus, if you are not born again, you will not be able to see it because it won't be in you. You won't be entering because it won't be in you. Jesus said this. And you remember when uh, Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And here is, brothers and sisters, I want you to see this. If you are born again, you will see the kingdom of God today. If you are born again, you are in the kingdom of God today. You don't have to wait until you die and think that heaven is the kingdom of God. No, no. If you are born again, it's here today. You say, but I can't see. You are. I'll just show you that you are seeing it. Let me explain to you in the next verse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul again writes the following. He says to this church, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Okay? Do you see that verse? Shall I read it again? I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> he says, For I has not seen, therefore he says, I. I. have not seen, therefore he says, seen. He says, I have not seen, nor ear has heard. Everybody say, ear. Say, heard. I know, I know, you know. We're not children, but I've told you before, I was a teacher, I love it. I love it. I love it when people repeat after me. He says, nor have entered, nor have entered. Everybody say, entered. Entered. To the heart of man. Into the what? The heart of man. The things which God prepared for those who love him. For whom? For those who love him. 
in the midst of their trouble. I know of somebody who had cancer. You know cancer kills? I know of this person who had cancer. And I go there and I'm all, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. But there's that peace. I've seen the kingdom of God. Because he says it's not drink, it's not meat, but it's what? It's peace. It is peace that surpasses all understanding in the book of Philippians. Joy. I have seen Christians who are in the most difficult part of their lives. But the joy of the Lord is what? Is their strength. I see the kingdom of God in them. I see the kingdom of God in them. Righteousness. You can go through the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you see that. But here comes the clinger, okay? Here comes the thing that Paul said. He said it in the next side. If you are not born again, Jesus said it to him. If you are not born again, you will not see it. You will look at me and you will say, what is that, that bothered guy going on about? What is he going on about? You read your Bible in your family and you go, wow, the Bible is opening. I mean, you get excited and joyful about something in the Bible and somebody says to you, I can't see what you see. Because they are natural and you are spiritually discerned. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, Jesus was right. The kingdom of God, Nicodemus, you will see it only once you are born again. You will enter it only once you are born again. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within us. It has come. The kingdom of God is wonderful. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now whenever you read the Bible, you come across the kingdom of God. Remember, put in what I've told you today. The kingdom of God is spiritual. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of men. Now the question is, how do you get the kingdom of God? Jesus said you must be born again. Do you remember that? He spoke about two things, by the way. He talked about things which I know there might be people in, 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 the, in, in here today who might have different views on this. Let me just get back to John chapter 3 when he spoke in the Greenland. He says, the kingdom of, unless one is born of water, and man I have the God you know what it is? It refers to a natural birth. It refers to a natural birth. I've had three children, not me, my wife. <laughs> and when they are born, there's water involved. You know that? Those who have given children, there's water involved. Because you need to look at the previous verse. He says, he says how can I enter be born when it's only come into the second time with his mother's womb? And then Jesus, because he calls him a mother's womb, he says he must be born of water. He needs to be born that birth. A natural birth and then a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual birth. And when you get a spiritual birth, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. What comes with it? The knowledge of God. What comes with it? The kingdom of God. What comes with it? The fruit of the Spirit. Shall I continue? Yes. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. How do we get the kingdom of God? And I'm going to stop with this one because I've got the kingdom of heaven and you'll have to wait now until next week. Everybody go, ah. <laughs> How do we get that? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In Him, in Jesus, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, and in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of glory. I'm going to stop there today. I want you to go and ponder and think about this week. If you've got questions, write them down. I'm not saying that I'm going to be able to answer all your questions. Pray about it. Go to the Lord. But brothers and sisters, the first installment of this, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, it is not the same. It's not the same kingdom. You will find next week, once we go into the kingdom of heaven, which is mentioned 33 times, that it's a physical kingdom. And I will show you next week, once we come to a timeline, exactly where the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God fits in on the timeline. Are you now ready for next week? You're pumped for next week?